Hey guys, this is John and John in the mid-afternoon. It's Saturday and you're listening to We've Heard It Both Ways, the show where we take current events and topics of interest and discuss what's happening in today's world and circumstances that might apply to your daily life. This is John Kleinhens and I'm here with... John Profit. Yeah. We're going to take you through another episode today for today's podcast. How you doing, John? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Finishing up vacation this week. I've had a great time. Been very productive. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to work on Monday. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moved into a new place. Got a new certification for personal training. I was the fitness nutrition specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, so that was cool. Wasn't expecting to test this soon, but figured I'd try it out. And um, yeah, went well. So Very pretty, cool. Yeah, pretty pumped about that. How about yourself? What have you been up to? I've, uh, well, I've been following the news a lot. We uh, yeah. had a pretty sad incident this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday, on, uh, actually on Valentine's Day, there was uh, the deadliest mass shooting at a school since um, Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been following that. was that. on Valentine's Day? It was, yeah. What a prick. I know. <clears throat> um, so, obviously, that was upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sparked a lot of well, reinvigorated conversation about laws. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, obviously, yeah. That's what happens every time. So, I just want to go through the um, kind of the incidents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know that's a big topic we had on today's episode was to be talking about different opinions coming forward with all these mass shootings. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we want to obviously mm-hmm. get into all that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it happened on Valentine's Day. The shooting happened right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shooter, um, and I just want to start off by saying I'm not going to, uh, I th- think we're not going to use the shooter's name uh, while we're doing this. I think it glorifies them. Don't I think give them the publicity. It, it makes them infamous. I think sure. it gives them, yes, like you said, it gives them publicity and it's mm-hmm. only going to, I think possibly encourage shooters in, in the future. And, uh, if you look at a lot of the Columbine guys, they're actually kind of revered by a lot of the future shooters. So sure. I, we don't want to do that. And I hate when the, the mainstream media does it. And so I'm not going to use his name, but it looks like the, uh, the shooter ordered, he was actually de- uh, brought to the school by an Uber. He ordered, uh, he arrived around 2.20, and he uh, walked into the school. He, uh, he was armed with a gas mask, several smoke grenades, uh, looks like an AR-15, I think 225 it was, and uh, several magazines, and I think he maybe even had a, a handgun on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he pulled the fire alarm uh, to get people to come out in, uh, the hallway, come out into mm-hmm. the hallways mm-hmm. so he had more targets. Um, he targeted a number of classrooms um, who, unfortunately, I don't think got their doors locked in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think, on maybe, different floors too, right? He had a, he had a, maybe he had opportunities four. to change floors of the building and still fire into rooms. Mm-hmm. I think he hit about four or five uh, rooms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think a couple of them even doubled back. I remember reading that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly how long the shooting went on for. Uh, it was not. I th- not a super long time, but after uh, a few minutes of the shooting going on, he he leaves. Yeah, he put his he put his rifle down, he put his backpack down in the a hallway, and then he evacuated the building mm-hmm. within the crowd of the students um, to kind of blend in, look yep. like one of the students. He then left the school and went to a subway at a Walmart, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ordered a drink, 
He then went to McDonald's. McDonald's, yep. sat there for, I think they said about 40 minutes, yep. half an hour, something like that. Left McDonald's, and then about 40 minutes after that, uh, a cop in a residential area saw him walking and got a little closer, thought he might be the guy, and then when he got closer, he realized he was the guy, mm-hmm. and then he called in reinforcements, and, mm-hmm. and, they, and they arrested him mm-hmm. uh, without incident. So... You know, I just want to kind of go, I kind of want to break this down. I want to talk about, you know, why this happened, how this happened, um, some things we can do to prevent them. And, you know, some of some reactions of of, of everyone in the country, of the media Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. different people saying what mm -hmm, different people who who are, you know, are interested in this. Um, So I want to start off with some of the warning signs. uh, Hold on. Let's talk about what happened first. Mm -hmm. So this this is a mass shooting. This is a publicly um public incident in a public area right with school children and you look at nihilism and you think about people who are doing things like this they target children to make as great a statement as possible that nothing matters because children are inherently more innocent than adults they've had less opportunity to do bad things therefore taking their lives is more nihilistic right you're, you're wiping out something that is more innocent um, and this is a mass shooting, right? Because there's some debate about the numbers about what happens throughout the year, right? People are claiming like, oh, this is the 100th millionth uh, gun shooting this year. I believe, it's it was, like, I believe the number was 18. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> Maybe I exaggerated. No, but I, those I numbers guess. are being exaggerated by school shootings, Indeed, right? Where, yeah. you know, what classifies each event as what's happening? Because we have to be very specific about these things. I'm not trying to say that this wasn't a terrible thing. Of course This not. is one of the terrible things that has happened, but it's not the 18th time something like this has happened this year, right? And I really wish people would distinguish all of these terms, right? This is the third shooting of this kind this year, am I correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, not to say that that's acceptable, and you know, we'll talk about that a little it's, bit. I should say it's the third uh, actual school shooting, what we had right. actually considered school shooting. Right. Um, and the reason we're saying, quote unquote, actual school shooting is because of a common talking point pushed around by the media, and particularly, I would say, on social media mm-hmm. this, this week has been, there have been 18 school shootings in the, month, in the year of 2018, mm-hmm. obviously midway through February. That's pretty early. So that seems like a, a, pretty, a sta- early. pretty early in the year. That's unacceptable for like a year long. I, I know, but I'm saying completely unacceptable. I'm saying for 18 school, quote unquote, school shootings uh, at that point in the year is a, an, an astounding number. How many number. days into the year are we? Like 40, 50? Uh, I think on the day it happened, it was about 45 um, so, but 18th like, but, and 45. What's like the you, math on that? Like 0.3 per day? So I, like every third day? I was told there would not be math, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the numbers on that. Fair enough. But, but uh, I... Uh, and my math is very bad, so if anybody does run those numbers, please don't judge me. No, it's fine. But I, you, you bring up a good point that there were really... Only three of these were actual school shootings. Okay. I'm not going to go down the list of all the incidents, but a lot of these, um, what they're calling school shootings... You know, an employee of a school accidentally shot himself in the foot in the mm-hmm. parking lot. They're yeah. calling, they're comparing that to this. Uh, you it's know, not the same thing. A drive-by shooting, a bullet from someone who wasn't even go- aiming at the school goes to the school. There was a technical college where there's a criminal justice program uh, where there's a firing range. They're training these people to be some mm-hmm. kind of law enforcement officials, mm-hmm. and a gun accidentally goes off in a firing range. They're calling that a school shooting. Right. Um, a student at one school committed suicide in the bathroom, only killing himself obviously they're calling that a school shooting all of these things are not the same i think it's very important to um 
call it what it is. Exactly. Right. You know, we have to be very careful and very specific about these things. I think we need to distinguish between the difference. And I'm not saying these accidents or these suicides or these other incidents aren't significant. They are important. Right. But to right. try but, and but say school shooting has been turned into a term for killing a lot of people in a school. Right. Right. When some people in media are making that very exaggerated and calling everything that it's like, okay, this was, those other things were shootings that happened at a school, right? For particular instances, instances where it's mostly an accident, right? Right. Okay. School shootings, right? Not shootings at a school. This is a school shooting where somebody murdered 17, 17 people, 18 people. Uh, the last count I saw was 17, 17, 17 people killed yeah, and four, who died and four, not, not who were hit and 14 injured. And, uh, I forget the name of the person, the assistant football coach, or maybe yeah, it was, I head, believe so. Yeah. I don't what's have his, his name. Um, I can, Aaron, I'll look it up. I don't know the name off the top. Of maybe my head. we can bring that up in a little bit, but yeah. I really like somebody posted on Facebook, like, Hey, we need to make this person more famous than the shooter. Absolutely. That is awesome. Those are the type of stories I think we should be talking about. Yeah. Not so much about the shooter and somebody. Yeah. So the kid warned another child that, Hey, you better get out of here. It's going to get messy when he pulled his gun out. And that kid went and told the coach and that coach took responsibility and charged straight into Jane into danger and was shot several times trying to protect people. And that man is a hero and should be remembered forever. He's in critical condition now and I wish him a speedy recovery, but that is Awesome. I believe the, absolutely awesome. I believe the uh, assistant football coach, um, and he's also a, a part-time security guard there. He he has he's passed away. Um, he um, he used his body as a shield and mm-hmm. jumped in front mm-hmm. of a number of students uh, when the uh, the shooting uh, rang out. His name is Coach Aaron. Uh, I want to say it's pronounced Feiss. Um, okay. This this man is this man. Let's be clear about this. This man is an American hero. American hero. For um, sure. Yep. Hundred percent. He is. This is one hundred percent what we should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you feel so bad for these people, but this man made a conscious decision. I am going to give my life to protect these these innocents. Yeah. And uh, he is a hero. And without question. thank you so much to uh, Aaron Feist for what he did. Yep. Yep. So brave. So I, I, some of the things that do make me uh, quite upset about uh, this incident, obviously, sure. the, besides the, uh, the death, um, there, were a, there were a lot of warning signs with this kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when incidents like this happen, you see neighbors, friends, oh, you know, I never could have seen this happening. Like, I would never guess. I've known him for 30 years. That's not the case. That's not the case with this kid. Mm-hmm. These people knew... Uh, a lot of the students knew they, you know, a lot of them when they were interviewed, they're like, yeah, I, I could see it. This, if we were going to pick out one person who would do this, he would have been the guy. Sure. And it's really concerning to me because he had already been banned from the school, uh, cause of, cause of concerns mm-hmm. like this. He mm-hmm. was not allowed to become onto, onto the campus with a Was back. he a student there? Not currently. He had been suspended at one point and then he had been expelled. Okay. So he's obviously, an expelled student obviously warning signs. old school. Exactly. Obviously warning signs. Um, he was not allowed on campus with a backpack because of concerns like this. Right. Uh, he had, uh, he, people, all his friends knew his love for guns. Mm -hmm. Um, they knew he, he showed his friends consistently different pictures of guns. 
Um, had a history of... He had posted all kinds of pictures of guns on social media. He even... So that doesn't concern me as much, but he had a history of killing small animals. Yes, he did. He also had a history of killing small Extremely animals. Extremely sociopathic behavior. That is a very... I mean, both of us are psych majors. <laughs> yeah, or we're psych majors. Have degrees in psychology. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, you know, I got my master's in behavior analysis. Mm -hmm. That is like the go-to sign for a sociopath so at a young cliche. age. It is. Like, that that's what happens next. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many shows I've seen that on. Like, oh, a box of dead rodents. Like, you must be the killer. Yeah. Turns out. People knew he liked to shoot the gun, his guns a lot. He knew, they knew he liked to shoot his, shoot animals mm -hmm. in his neighborhood. Uh, he had, I mean, it's just, it, it blows. Okay, but what do you do about that? What do you do about somebody who you know is on the verge and, you know, is, is ready to do something like this well, or has potential to do something like this well, that's, without violating their rights? Right. It is, it is a tricky uh, line you have to walk. Mm -hmm. What I'm concerned about most is that he had been, he left a, a message on a YouTube video where he actually said, I want to be a professional school shooter. The video, this, uh, when this happened, the person who was video it was reported this to the FBI. Mm -hmm. And when he posted, he didn't comment anonymously. He used his real name. Yep. This was reported yep. to the FBI. They never did anything about mm -hmm. it. There had been over 20 incidents where he, where someone in the local area had, had contacted local authorities about him uh, you know, for whatever reason, they had concerns. They contacted the police about him. Uh, and there had been other times where a caller even called the FBI to warn him, mm -hmm. you know, uh, separate from the YouTube video. Someone called the FBI, contacted the FBI and warned yep. about him. Yep. And they still did nothing about it. So uh, I don't think... Has the, has the FBI uh, released any statement about why they were unable to act on these threats or, or you know, just why they were unable to? Uh, I think they, they've released statements. I mm -hmm. don't think they're kind of, um, yeah, there's nothing there. It's kind of like uh, dancing around the question. You I, have can't to assume, I have to assume if your agency is responsible for responding to all of the threats in the United States, they must get these constantly, right? They, they do. They get, um, I, I think, hundreds of, you know, 100,000, hundreds of thousands of similar uh, reports. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. one of the problem is they don't, they don't have enough people working there. They don't have enough resources. They need more money. I think that's something we, you said, how can we prevent this? I think the FBI should have prevented it. Um, and I think giving them these resources, this, this, this money, I think that's going to be a, a significant step forward for helping them mm -hmm. make mm -hmm. sure this doesn't happen in the, in the future. I want to point out that Recent attacks where the FBI were informed uh, about significant warning signs before things like this happened. The Parkland shooting, mm -hmm. the Charleston shooting in the church mm -hmm. where that guy shot up a, a black church. Yep, uh, the Pulse that. nightclub, which was, I believe, was a local the, incident. the deadliest mass shooting in the history of our country. I, I, I believe it was... Uh, I, I believe uh, that was... The, oh, wait, that was, uh, that was Florida. The, right. You, what was the one that happened in Cincinnati? That was a... Um, it was a club. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was just, it was a smaller incident. It was kind of yeah, like a, a, like a dispute between a couple people. Okay. And we, that's a whole other story. We can get to that sometime. But yeah. the, the Pulse nightclub, excuse me, um, where, you know, it was the gay nightclub where a bunch of people, yep, I, I remember don't remember that. the exact I number. I believe that. it was in the 60s or 70s, and, and people, people dead. That and was massive. and the, the Fort Hood shooting, um, the military base. Mm -hmm. All of these uh, incidents, people, the FBI were warned by people about the per the shooter and about warning signs from the shooter. So I think along with this and along with some of the questions about their conduct with the 
the Donald Trump Russia investigation mm-hmm. and the and the Hillary Clinton and sketchiness involving the Hillary Clinton investigation, uh, where they kind of cleared her uh, when they sh- they kind of changed the, the the laws there a little bit almost to kind of clear her. Yep. I think a lot of people in the country, and, and rightfully so, are very much doubting the FBI's. Uh, ability to protect people. I think they're, it, it's really shaking people's trust in our, some of our institutions and it's not mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I think, I don't know what to do about it. I think providing them more resources so they can handle the, the large number of, uh, uh, reports that are coming into them, I think is a good solution as far as the FBI side of it goes. Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, have a word of caution on that because any institution that's that large that's responsible for looking over that big of a demographic and that big of just a population the entire control, country. the only way they could do that well is if things get very formalized and very standard. And when you start to do that on a huge scale, you lose that personable aspect. You lose a lot of human ethics and theory. Things have to be processed regularly and normalized. And that that becomes very unfair, right? It becomes very exploitable because there are going to be loopholes in how you make that a standard. So I think... I I don't know if I agree with making that a stronger organization. I just want to clarify what you're getting at. Are you Mm -hmm. concerned about people's uh, rights potentially being violated? Is that what you're saying? I'm concerned about privacy. Of course. 100% privacy, Right. right? Because... What what does the FBI what powers does the FBI not have right now or what funding does it not have? What would it take to get it to the point where it would have stopped this? But right? don't you think you could have something along the lines where if the, you're having multiple reports of someone saying calling the FBI and saying, "I'm worried about this kid. Mm-hmm. He says he wants to be a shooter." What should we do? Don't mm-hmm. you think the FBI could at least bring him in for questioning, maybe have a psychiatrist evaluate him? Something. I'm not saying necessarily I mean, and and I'm not you have to get I don't think there's a problem with you um, looking at his inform- his personal information if you obtain a warrant. That's mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. legal. As long as we're doing sticking to you know we're not breaking any con- anything constitutionally, mm-hmm. and we're sticking to the, the our you know our guidelines and our laws. I think it's fine to go to a judge, get a warrant. We're worried about this guy. Let's yeah. check him out. And I don't think there's anything well, wrong so with that. that but I do. The, that, that begets the question: Was the FBI missing out on this child a mistake? Was this an honest mistake where somebody overlooked the profile and it just didn't get gotten to? Or is this a problem with the infrastructure of the organization itself, where some red flags like this that should be paid more attention to did not get a priority? You know, they certainly didn't get top priority here, right? But, you know, what priority did they get? What radars was this on? And are those properly facilitated to make sure that action can be taken in time? It would seem not. And I think that's what the U.S. just general public is concerned about. And we don't really, and the thing, you're asking some very important questions, and we don't really know at this time. I don't know anything about this. I'm just asking questions. All we, exactly. And all we know right now is what I basically have laid out, that Mm -hmm. they were informed about it. They didn't really take any actions. Right. Right. The good news is, you're, I think you're kind of getting at uh, some important point. We need to look at the procedure, their procedures, their kind yeah. of their structure, their structure. And who holds the, the FBI accountable? First it, of all, it's the it's the DOJ, it's the U.S. Department of Justice, and they just announced, I believe it was yesterday on Friday, mm-hmm. that they are the DOJ is launching an investigation into the procedures of the FBI and into this incident and why it went unnoticed. And I saw the governor because of, of this incident in particular, yes. or is this in lieu of it, it, the Russia? Uh, allegations and stuff like that. No, it's because no, of this. It's is solely be- because, it's because, of, this because of this shooting. And uh, I already saw Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, has mm-hmm. already called for the FBI director to resign. I'm not necessarily sure. 
it's uh, the FBI director's fault. I mm-hmm. think some people should be held accountable and should be fired, but I don't know if it's necessarily should be the director. If the director feels like he it's he's he's partially responsible, then he should resign. Sure. Yep. If he yeah. Well, I don't give a shit if he feels like he's responsible. I don't care if he feels that way. If he is responsible, then he should. It doesn't and, matter how what his emotional attachment to the case and, is. And right? I think the investigation will um, kind of let us kind of inform us as to whether he is responsible or sure. not. And if he is, uh, the American people will mm-hmm. will demand his now, resignation. Not being the biggest fan of Trump, I feel like he will actually have some interest in that. He doesn't seem to have any moral obligation to keep or fire anybody. He seems very judgmental logically judgmental as far as performance is and so it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to those allegations against the director of the fbi right i'm sure before he i think that'll be i think he would look he would probably wait for any kind of results from the the investigation yeah but i'm saying it's his department of justice as as much as i'm not a fan of trump i actually feel like a case like this was good he could he's qualified well i actually think trump might make a good decision and say you know he either should stay or he should not right yeah no, I, I agree. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's definitely, there's been turnover. Okay, so as far as, a lot of times, the head of an organization, so the director of the FBI gets axed right away, uh-huh. right? And he takes all the blame. I don't think that's a good thing to do, right? I'm not saying he shouldn't go, but I'm saying you, you, you have to look deeper into the organization. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they like to put a figurehead on it or they like to have a scapegoat and, you know, they put it all on that person. I think you might need to look at the, the department head of the department responsible for this. I think you need to look at the agents who actually saw the information. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they're, and they're going to, and they're going to, and we, I don't want to talk about it too much more because they're going to look into it and we're, we don't know anything yet. And we're going to find out. It'll be interesting discussion so later to it, see how it, thorough and how deep they went it with It will that. be to see, it'd be interesting to see see what all was going on within mm-hmm. the FBI. Mm-hmm. Now I'd kind of like to move on to talk about people's reaction and the media's yeah. reaction mm-hmm. to this. Oh, and, I, and what people are saying about gun control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reaction to the the incident uh, in general and, into, and then to gun control. Well, I love that this is the first place people go. Is anytime a gun is involved, do it you, immediately goes to... Do you know how immediate it was this time? I assume right away. There was a... Right, but do you I know... I assume during the event... People started talking about this. They, I, I don't, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. A Democratic, a Democratic um, lawmaker, I believe, is the member of the House, started speaking on the House floor and demanding gun control while there was still an active shooter. They had not gotten this guy yet. Hmm. How can you, with like, be at all rational, be a rational person, and tell me that is not too soon to talk about gun control? It's an agenda. Of course it is. If, yeah. So I've thought this for some time. There are people in Washington who have an agenda who want to push a particular idea and they want to pass certain laws for one reason or another. I don't, I'm not getting into that, but they are waiting for incident. They are waiting for major incidents to either direct attention or distract attention and pass things. You can one almost- of the things, one of the things that I've enjoyed doing the last two years or so is looking at as soon as a major incident occurs anywhere across the world that just sweeps the media away, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's local or, you know, throughout the world, look at the laws passed that day or the next day. Right. They are waiting on it. Any kind of distraction where voters might be distracted and can't stop. Um, you, you know, certain you, things from passing. You could almost see some of these left lawmakers 
the excitement in their eye, not that people had died, but the fact that they were able to, they knew this, this is gun control issue is going to be pushed to the forefront of, I think this of is American politics. I think this is bipartisan. I think this is part of politics is wait for distractions so that you can pass whatever agenda is coming up. And, and, and it's not necessarily even passed because I think, I don't think any major, we're going to get into it more later mm-hmm. of what kind of things should be, should be uh, done about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think much will come from it. So it's, I think it's less about, it's more about um, this guy wants to get up there and and uh, moral just engage in moral posturing so he can get sound bites, get clips yeah. uh, for his campaign ads. Looks really good for, to be the first one up there saying mm-hmm. something about it. And it, it's upsetting because I don't think Marco Rubio, who is the senator, one of the one of the two senators from Florida, mm-hmm. he was one of the first people to speak after the incident. He actually waited for the shooter to be apprehended, mm. um, and he said, "I don't think it's." unreasonable to say we need to know details about this before we put forward any suggested policy policy changes if you don't know what kind of gun if you don't know <laughs> well if you duh. don't exactly but i'm saying people with most people but he was he was ripped apart on social media for saying that if you don't know what kind of gun he used you don't know how he obtained the gun you don't know what his mental state is like you don't know anything mm-hmm. how are you going to know what kind of policies need to be made yeah. and if you if you claimed to, to, if you claim to say this, that you, that we need to wait, you were attacked by people on the left saying you don't care about these children dying. You don't care about solving this problem. And I think that's completely unfair because we need to know details uh, about this before we can actually make any decisions. Making the political policy decisions based off of emotion is a problem. Mm-hmm. Making decisions based off emotion oftentimes results in bad decision making. This shooter potentially made some decisions based off emotion. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he was angry and pissed, so he decided to go shoot some people. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, making decisions based off emotion leads to bad decision-making. And Well, you have to look at what's the role of a politician, right? What's the, what's the role of our, our govern, governing body, right? What's the role of these people who are in leadership positions? The way it was explained to me when I was younger is that a leader is put in place over a group of people because that group of people feels like they are going to do and make the best decisions for the group as a whole, right? In order to do that, you need to consider every perspective and see every bit of information possible before you make that decision. And that decision should be based on what's best for the group. And if it's not, then you shouldn't be a leader. Right. Right? That's the way that leadership was uh, mm-hmm. explained to me. So when you're looking at making a decision on policies for gun control, that needs to be the first thing you look to. What's going to be best for the, this group as a whole? When you Is say it, a group, you mean probably I'm talking about all the, Americans. I'm ta- yeah, I'm talking about the United States yes, right now. all Americans. Yeah. yeah okay. Right? So when you, take in that, when you take that into account, right, are you going to take away people's ability to defend themselves, or are you going to make it harder to do so? Exactly. Now, you might be able to restrict guns from some people, but if you're hell-bent on getting a gun, I feel like it, we're at the point where it's it's available. So I would like Legally to, or not, you can get a gun in the United States. Right. You just can't. So I would like to, before we get into yeah, talking sure. about uh, the problems mm-hmm. of... Uh, some, yeah, some I'm going to go on a tirade oh, here in a oh, second. Of course, no. I, want, I just want to. I just want to make a couple more points about people's reactions, and then we can get on to things that uh, suggestions. Uh, pol- yeah, policy suggestions that would uh, are suggested to. I, I want to talk about things that people are suggesting we should do that wouldn't actually solve the problem. Okay. And I want to talk about some things that I think actually would help solve All right, the problem. Give me, give me a couple of those. Yeah. So I want to get. I really want to get into that. And but, but before we do, I want to talk uh, just a little more about. 
people's reactions and the media's reactions. And I really have had a, a really big problem with it. Um, you know, one of the most common things that is said after an, uh, some any kind of tragedy like that, like this, is, uh, you know, we want to give our thoughts and prayers to the victims and to the families of the victims and, of course, to the first responders. And people on the left have gotten to a point where they're actually mocking the phrasing or the phrase thoughts and prayers. And they keep saying your thoughts and your prayers are not enough. Your thoughts and your prayers are not going to help these people. Um, you're only you saying thoughts and prayers so you can avoid actually doing anything that's going to help. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you want to give thoughts and prayers to, to victims of this. And, and they're just... You know, just because you're you're praying for someone doesn't mean you don't want to actually make a change. And another thing that has really been going on is if you don't, you know, the the left is basically saying if you don't agree with their policy prescriptions for this issue, if you don't agree with whatever they're saying is the right way to solve this, you're a bad person. You don't care about these children dying. It's like, well, actually, um, I'm able to still care about these children and be and upset make a logical decision and be upset that they've yeah. died and still think, actually, I think this is the best way to handle the situation, mm -hmm. not what you're suggesting. And just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I'm an evil, horrible person. And people on the left have been saying that psychologically, if you are acting out of emotion, right? So let's not, let's not destroy emotional decision-making because it is valid. And that's how we achieve some kind of happiness as we go through life. Right? It's like 50-50. Half of it has to be logic. Half of it has to be through your emotion. But when you react solely on emotion, mm -hmm. when you let the amygdala take control, you're probably either in a panicked or frightened state. Right? You turn into this fight or flight stuff. And I feel like this reactionary response to gun control and saying, hey, get rid of it all, is a fear-based response that is not logical and it does not have a proper answer. Right? It, it's just not going to help. If, yeah. if you try to get rid of all the guns... There's too many guns for you to get rid of at this point. Right. And if you do it out of fear and not out of logic, if you can't explain a good why these people should mm -hmm. be, get ridding, be getting rid of their guns, it's a bad idea. Yeah. And people, a, a lot of people uh, who lean a little more left are actually saying if you don't react emotionally and if you say, let's take a beat and think about this logically and make uh, uh, logically sound decisions, that you are morally inferior and that you're not a good person. And it's unacceptable, unacceptable to me. And honestly, when did one logic of, become morally inferior? Uh, when it, did this happen? Within the last few years. And it's amazing. amazing. I, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, I, I don't know if this is true, but I do have a slight concern that a lot of people, like we were talking about this guy who maybe just wants those clips for his political ads. I'm a little concerned that a lot of people on the left don't actually want to um, solve. I don't think they want actually want gun control because because uh, being able to just you know, be able to just say over and over again about how the, the you know people on the right don't mm -hmm. care about this mm -hmm. issue. Basically, gun control is a really good political club that people on the left can use to beat their opponents. And I'm worried mm -hmm. that they don't actually want to come to the table and talk about it because they want to keep saying, "Look at these people. Look at these. Look at these uh, Republicans. They don't care about people yeah. dying." And my other concern for the other side is that people on the right, it's almost like. Uh, they're worried if they give up a uh, if they give up an inch, the other side will take mm -hmm. a mile. They're worried. Let's make some common sense gun decisions, but then if they do, the left is going to take all their guns, which I think is actually what the left ultimately wants to do. Okay, so that's that's an interesting perspective. 
I personally tend to lean not so much towards group objectives or agendas like that where, you know, the whole left is trying to destroy all of these things. I'm just making these these observations based on how people on the left have reacted. Mm-hmm. And it's be- and I'm telling you, most people when I posted on social media about this, mm-hmm. most let's make some let's come together, let's make some common sense decisions, but let's actually use logic and reason. Mm-hmm. And people attack me saying, "We don't have time for this. There's already been 18 shootings. Go- and we have to do something now. What other what what other more information do you need mm-hmm. well we actually do need some more information and to it's very I, I mean, easy it's very easy to point out every flaw in the book right it's very easy to see a situation and say this could have been better this could have been better this could have been better mm-hmm. this was wrong this was wrong and you know all of this is wrong my right? issue is they keep saying they want gun control but they don't actually say any kind of solutions. They don't give me any policy changes that they want to make. They just say, we have to do something. How can we let this happen? America is better than this. Of course America is better than this. No one is sitting there saying, I'm okay with 17 children being killed and 14 being brutally injured. No one thinks that. But we need to actually, like you said earlier, we need to make decisions We can't make policy decisions for just a few people. We have Mm -hmm. to think about how it's going to affect the 330 million people who live in this country. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everyone. Yeah. So if if we can transition, I I really like this um, idea that we we need to be formidable. Every single person in the United States should be a formidable person. What do you think? What are some... So everyone's calling for solutions. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you think we need to do? Be personally responsible for your own protection. Of course. Learn how to use a gun and defend yourself from somebody who has another one. So you don't think taking away all guns is the answer? I think we are so far past being able to get rid of guns that the only other option is to be able to defend yourself from one. The best way to defend yourself from a gun is with a gun. I agree. Now, a lot of people are going to argue and The say, only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Right. So a lot of people are going to say, hey, this is an eye for an eye and the whole world goes blind. My response to that is, you know... I'm sick of seeing stuff anyway. <laughs> well, the world's not too beautiful and... <laughs> You know, it's snowy and gray outside. I'm kind of sick of it. Cincinnati's dreary this time of year. So, This is totally off topic, but tell me how it was 70 degrees two days ago, and now it's snowing. It's going to be 60 in a little bit, so don't worry. (laughs) Uh, Personally, yeah, I think it's there are too many guns in the United States. If you look at the numbers about how many guns are in the United States, it's astronomical. It's about 300 million. Absolutely ridiculous. It's, It's about 300 million privately owned guns. Right, and those can be given to anybody, right? And so... Through collusion or, you know, any any good sociopath with a little bit of charm is going to be able to convince a relative that, oh, I just want to go shooting this weekend, right? I just want to go, you know, do something with it fun. And they'll take that directly to their school and they'll be able to do whatever they want. Right. To, right. And we and that's uh, and I think when we, we're going to talk about solutions in a minute, mm-hmm. I want to talk mm-hmm. about things that won't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we talk about solutions, we need those are called. Uh, well, it's called. Well, technically for buyers, they're called straw buyers mm-hmm. where you buy a gun legally. And then you give it to and you sell it to someone yep. else. Yep. We need to crack down on that, and that is a a legitimate, reasonable gun control law that we can, I think, both sides come together and agree mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I think it's going to be first off. I want to talk about some of the, the the ideas that have been pushed for what we should do that I don't think will work. Like you said, there are there are three hundred million guns. Yeah. You're not going to be able to take away all of those. But the problem the problem is that's going to be the war on drugs. It'll be the war on oh guns, my goodness. and it will go nowhere. The, It'll probably get worse. I've got some funny stats actually about this. The uh, it, it's it, it's so funny because I th- I think it's gonna be have it's gonna be hard to have an honest conversation about what we should do for gun control mm. until the left admits what they really want and this isn't everyone I'm obviously making broad generalizations here sure. mm-hmm. but I'm base, mainly basing this off of 
liberal celebrities, liberal uh, social, like liberal, liberal uh, news pundits, and uh, liberal politicians and mm-hmm. what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna have a hard con- we're gonna have trouble having an honest conversation about this until they admit what they actually want. And what they want is a massive. Uh, confiscation of all guns and it's and it's not feasible it's not possible some people who are far far right they want to deport all, all illegal immigrants living in this country i believe it's about 11 million immigrants how do you, how do you take the, a gun from somebody who has a gun it's a it's a good question do you have a bigger gun it's a good question uh, is that what the liberals are gonna do are they gonna have really big guns and, and take people's guns and the liberals response to that's the, not gonna work right the liberals response to the the liberals response to the immigration thing is you're never that 11 million people is too many people you'll never be able to find them you'll never be able to round them up mm-hmm. but these same people are saying you're gonna get 300 million guns when you can't get 11 million people like let's <laughs> like like Come on. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. But it's funny because, uh, and, and uh, Sarah, my girlfriend, is going to love this point, but uh, we recently watched this uh, comedy special of Jim Jefferies, mm-hmm. and he can be funny, but I said he spent about a third of his uh, his stand-up special just bashing the Second Amendment and uh, bashing guns. Hmm. And he's from Australia, and okay. he mentioned the Australian model, which I think is, and you, like President Obama even said, I like the, the UK model, I like the Australian model, which is they outright banned all guns, and they did a massive confiscation, which I think is what a lot of people want. And he said- Are there reparations for that? Do they pay them for their guns? Uh, I believe- Or did it, they just take them? I believe it was a uh, gun buyback program, so they okay. did pay them for them. But the funny thing about the, the Australian model is, they, so they, all guns are completely illegal to own mm-hmm. in Australia. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds of all the gun owners in Australia still own their guns. They made it illegal to own guns, and two-thirds of the people were like, mm, no, I'm not, giving, I'm not giving my gun back. And that's exactly what would happen here, except it wouldn't be two-thirds. It would be probably everyone. It would be less. It would be everyone. <laughs> be would keep, would keep, everyone would keep their gun. And, and, and another thing that's funny about that is not only would it not work to confiscate all the guns, the violent gun crime rate, so like violent gun, cr- crimes are committed by a gun. Sure. That rate in Australia since that ban has gone down at a ro- lower rate than the rate in the United States. Hmm. So it's not even, it's not at all an effective program. So we can just say, I think that liberals want to take. Is there a reason why Obama thought that would be more effective in the U.S. than in Australia? I don't know. I think maybe when he made the statement, he didn't think about the effectiveness of it. I think he, and I think when he, he made just this, like the policy well, as a it, moral judgment. Yeah, I think so. And okay. I think he also, I think when he made the statement, it was early on after. So now it's several years after they passed this, yeah, and yeah. now we've. So it, it's hard to know if policy was working or not until a little while after it's right. been implemented. Yep. Yep. And I don't time. think when he said that, he actually he didn't have as much data as we do now on the on the their model. Okay. It's not. And okay. Obviously, it didn't work. So it was something that was new, at least more newly implemented. When he made and he didn't know if it was going to be effective or not, but he said he liked the idea of it. He thinks it's a. He thinks it's he what it should, a good He idea. thinks it's what should be done here. Okay. Uh, you know, when you first hear the sound of it and you don't have data, well, okay. So here's the thing, right? Of course, it sounds like a this good is, idea. This is this is the decision where you often emotion. You say, "Hey, that sounds good," right? Uh-huh. Having less guns around might sound good to the first person who's hearing it, but after you start to really think about the logistics of that, about how many guns are around. And, you know, whether they should be around, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where you start to see, okay, taking these away from the good guys might not be a good idea. So my other thought is, you know, the the big thing, another policy solution, let's say people, you know, less less liberal who say, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not going to take away all guns. That's unrealistic, which it obviously is. Yeah, 100%. Let's focus on assault rifles. So my point, first point on that is, how are we defining assault rifle? Are you talking about... Uh, the stock, the way mm-hmm. the stock attaches mm-hmm. to the, the specs, to the way the yep. stock attaches yep. to the, the to the rifle. Are you talking about caliber? Are, are you talking about the grip? Are you talking about the size of the bullet? Are yep. you saying yep. we should ban all rifles because that's not going to go over well? 
Um, so that's what I'm. That's the first point. What do you mean when you say assault weapons? Mm-hmm. Another thing they say is semi-automatic weapons. Why are we allowing these? You don't need a semi-automatic weapon. It's horrible. It's a killing machine. My my uh, response to that is all a semi-automatic assault rifle means is that when you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, and that's exactly what happens with a, with a pistol. I don't think it's I don't think focusing on assault rifles is what's going to fix well, this problem. It's very easy to load a spring into one of those, making an auto. Well, that's very already similar to an automatic. That's right? already illegal to do. Isn't that what we saw at the shooting at in um, Vegas? Yeah, in Vegas. He used but, a bump stock, which I am 100% support the banning of all bump stocks. Hmm. But. It's already illegal to, you can't have an automatic weapon well, in this country. With the internet, with the internet, right, and the information available, creating these things is not impossible. For somebody who's really set on making this event occur, it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I don't know guns very much at all, right? I've mm-hmm. fired several of them, uh, you know, different assault rifles, a lot of pistols, tons of shotguns, because my family owns a lot of shotguns. But, you know, I bet if, if I spent, you know... 48 hours of good time watching videos, I could modify a gun and make it whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Right? As soon as I had access to it, it's not that hard. And it's already illegal to, to, make a, to have an automatic weapon or to make a, a semi-automatic into an automatic, right. and people mm-hmm. still do it. Right. So you're not going to so be So the question is not about happening. how do we control these things or how do we stop them or should we ban them. You can't. Right. You're just not going to. The person wants it. It's going to be there. Um, or unless you want to censor information about how to make those. Mm-hmm. Good so, luck with that. So I don't think uh, banning assault rifles is the answer either. Not at all. Uh, a lot of people talk about background checks. We have universal background screenings. This uh, person who... Aren't there loopholes to that? Can't you go to a gun show and avoid that? Uh, yes. I've heard stuff like that, yeah. There is a gun show loophole. Mm-hmm. There's no data. And there's been some fight, right? There's to, no to repeal that and make that. I would that be happen. personally, I would be fine uh, repealing the gun show mm-hmm. loophole. Mm-hmm. But there has been no data to support the idea that any of these mass shootings have happened because of the gun hole loophole. Usually these people either get their gun illegally, not through the gun show loophole, yep. Yep. or they buy the gun legally. So I don't. So I think I'm fine with stopping the gun show loophole, but I don't. There's no data to support that. That's why this, these problems are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know. So there I are. Do there, so it looks like there are easy solutions to make. You know, how guns are sold better. 100. percent Right. There's Back, tons think, of ways that we can make that better. And they talk about but background the, checks. Yeah, a lot. but at the same time, that's not going to prevent somebody from getting one. In general. I agree. Right? So, so there are ways to do this better. But I, not- I 100% agree. And mm-hmm. they talk about background checks. We have universal background checks. I think the background check system can be improved. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be improved. Mm-hmm. But th- this shooter, this this evil scumbag shooter in, in Florida, he went and bought his gun legally. He passed the background check. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a history of mental illness, even though he probably is mentally ill. He didn't have a criminal record. So he was able to pass the background check. So mm-hmm. people who are saying, oh, we need more background checks, he the background checks wouldn't have stopped this. <laughs> I know. We already talked about how we should stop. St- I think we should. So let's talk about some things we should do. Yeah. We, we need to. I think the gun show loophole, even though there hasn't been a lot of data to support that it's a, really a problem, I think it could. we should stop it. Can we talk about the concept of children as a whole? What do you mean? There are so many children, right? Future generations almost, I think, exceed generations that we have now right there's more people procreating every generation and so the next generation is always larger what are they thinking <laughs> we have a responsibility to protect these things that things these little kids cannot protect themselves right i think i think 
things was appropriate. Okay, let's. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. As a as a younger twenty year old, maybe that's what you think of them. I'm 26, when you, Johnny. When, when you're looking at children, they can't defend themselves. That's true. From evil people like this. Now, is it our responsibility as young adults or any adult to protect these these newer lives? What do you think? I think yes. Absolutely. I think yes also. I think I think I, think need, I have a I think I have a moral obligation to protect a child against any impending harm that I might see. And this might and some some crazy feminists won't like this, but I also think as a as a man it's not only my moral responsibility to protect children, it's also my moral responsibility to protect women. And a lot of women say they don't need it. They don't like that. It's sexist, but that's how I feel. And I sure. believe it's, I believe it's um, in they men's nature. A, they used to have a term. Uh, I think it was chivalry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, chivalry <laughs> might actually be dead. <clears throat> I still am chivalrous, I, I, I believe. There's um, a great Chappelle um, bit about that. But yeah. So I think the Okay, okay. The so, we're, show... so we're looking at protecting kids, right? Right. What's the best way to do that? Is that to have no guns ever or around? So or is that right. for you and I to have a gun, and if something happens, then we could act on that? What do you think? I think, I don't think removing guns is in any way going to solve the that issue. That doesn't sound like a better way to protect a child to me. No, I think we need to, we can, end, we can ban bump, we can ban any kind of modifications that will help make guns more deadly. Mm-hmm. I think we need to stop the, the, the gun show loophole. I think, oh, thank you. I think we need to stop the gun show loophole. I think we need to stop straw purchasers, purchaser where someone legally buys the gun and then gives it away illegally. Mm-hmm. I think another important solution would be to, um, you know, I think we need to revisit, and this is going to be interesting for both of us, this, the whole psychiatric component of this. I think we need to revisit the, and you have to be careful with it, but we need to revisit the option of involuntarily committing people. Because if someone really does have all these kind of warning signs as this kid did, you need to make sure that this person is getting the help they need and or at least is going to come up on a background screening as having mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And you need to I, and I know there's there, there's a fine line when it comes to involuntary commitment back in the day. When this was very prevalent, people would, if they had uh, a mentally retarded child or they had someone who was autistic or someone they really, did, or, you know, Down syndrome they didn't want mm-hmm. to take care of, they would just involuntarily commitment, commit yep. them. Yep. I'm not saying we need to make sure stuff like that isn't happening, but I think psychiatric care, mental health, uh, more, way more money for mental health. Uh, we, we, and, and, and we need to revisit the, the involuntary commit, so psychiatric I'm, I'm commitment. Gonna, I'm going I'm to tell a story and I'm going to classify the topic that you're talking about. In, in my mind, mm-hmm. this sounds like taking responsibility. This sounds like social responsibility, not social justice, mm. because that's crap. It is completely easy to, to point out the flaws and what's going wrong for any situation. That's the easiest thing to do is classify what went wrong after the fact. Taking responsibility and inconveniencing yourself to either take care of other people or be able to take care of other people is something that as able-bodied, able-bodied adults we should do we have a responsibility to look after people that can't look after themselves we have a responsibility to pay our taxes so that these agencies can run efficiently and do their job that they should have Mm -hmm. right if you didn't pay your taxes or you didn't file them correctly this year then i don't think you should get to vote and i don't think you should be able to have a say in these social instances or have any opinion on what the fbi should or shouldn't be doing Right? If we had proper funding for them and they were working efficiently in the way that they're supposed to, because 
you know, you paid your taxes, then maybe this instance wouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. right? But as an able-bodied adult, you have some responsibility to look after these people who can't look after themselves. That includes the mentally um, inept, right? This includes children who are basically mentally inept until they grow up and they can think properly. Their brains are full of <laughs> Exactly, right? Um, but those, it's what people don't want to do. It's so much easier to justify what other people are doing wrong rather than to say, you know, maybe I could be responsible. Maybe I could learn how to handle a gun and enable myself in the future to be capable of defending kids who should not be subjected mm -hmm. to this, but they don't want to do that. Right. They want to, in a, they want to make policies in place so that these things just can't happen instead of fortifying themselves and making themselves more capable and defending themselves because they're afraid and they should be. This is super scary stuff. Yeah, it is. You have to be courageous. You have to be brave to go and face something like that. Mm -hmm. But you also can't deny the fact that it will happen. Mm -hmm. People are evil. Yeah. These things take place no matter what. And you can either have no guns around or you can teach yourself and practice and make yourself more formidable and you could defend yourself and others and you could be there you, and then you make an impact not the policy not the rules you as a person take responsibility and you make it happen or you make it not happen you should be uh it's yeah i agree 100 with everything you said and you can't legislate away evil i you, wish you could legislate responsibility that would be i mean that, that would be second to the best pill ever uh, other than exercise. <laughs> so I, I, it's what you're saying. You, you can't get rid of, you can't make guns illegal. You can't ban guns because you have the right and you have the necessity to own guns so you can protect your own life, your own liberty and for the, the lives and the liberty of the people and I think that's who what you the, care about. I think about. that's what the NRA is about. I think that's what a lot of people on the, on the, uh, the right side, right? The more conservative aspect they're saying, don't take away my guns because I'm trying to be responsible and mm -hmm. I'm trying to make myself formidable and protect myself and my family and my kids and my community. Yeah. And can we briefly, can we quickly, you, you mentioned the NRA. Can we talk about them for a yeah, second? Yeah. Um, so one of the big targets of people who are very pro gun control has been the NRA. A oh, lot they of, love it. I've seen people actually, I've seen famous people actually tweet out the NRA killed these children. Hmm. The NRA is responsible for these deaths. Hmm. The, so one of the things they're saying is uh, people, conservatives will not pass gun control laws. How many laws. of those celebrities have bodyguards who have guns? All of them. Every single one. All, the, all these people are also saying they don't want to have a wall built on the southern border, but they all have walls around their mansions. But we'll get in, <laughs> we'll get in that another day. Uh, but they're saying liberal, conservative politicians will not vote for gun control because the NRA has paid them off. Mm -hmm. The NRA has spent $200 million total in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. that's a, that sounds like a lot of money, but it's not. The labor unions... So that's $200 million in 20 years. Okay. The labor unions spent $1.7 billion in the year 2016 alone. Hmm. The NRA is a very small lobbying group, and the NRA is not buying off politicians. For, to prove that an NRA is buying off politicians, you would have to see a politician who is pro-gun control, and then it receives money from the NRA, and then decides, I'm no longer pro-gun control. Hmm. That's not what's happening. The NRA is backing people who already support the Second Amendment. They're not convincing people to support the Second Amendment. So saying that the NRA is responsible for this, the NRA wants children to die. The mm -hmm. NRA is buying mm -hmm. off politicians. It's not true. 
And the reason that the NRA is not really that powerful of an organization, what is powerful is the American people. The reason gun control has not been passed is because gun control is not a politically palatable issue. The Democrats, back when Obama was in president, was president, mm-hmm. during his presidency, they had control of the House, they had 60 votes in the Senate, and they had the White House with mm-hmm. Obama. They did not pass gun control because they knew how unpopular it was. Mm-hmm. 42% of all American households have a gun. And because this is such a popular thing, people want to have guns to protect themselves, mm-hmm. this is why no, like crazy gun control has been passed and it's not the nra's fault the nra is simply an organization who is protecting the rights of the people who want gun the nra has five million members there are a hundred million people with guns yeah how are you blaming this in the nra yeah it's not anyone this is not anyone's fault except for the evil person who decided they wanted to go on valentine's day and murder a bunch of innocent children um yeah i agree with that um i also just quickly want to bring up uh the and this is the last thing I want to talk about guns. I want to move on to some other issues. Sure. Uh, they, peop, one of the main reason of the second amendment is for, uh, we, we just watched that video together and they, they and they, I can't remember his name off the top. Uh, Bill Whiteley, I think is his name. Maybe okay. he was giving, he gave that great speech to Congress a couple years back. Yeah. The point of the second amendment is for, you've talked a lot about people protecting themselves from others. Mm-hmm. The point of the second amendment is for, people to protect themselves from a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. People say this is absolutely ridiculous. There were people um, who died in Nazi Germany who would not would not agree. They would believe if you had the Second Amendment there, they would have been able to protect themselves. Yep, yep. 50 million people died in communist Russia uh, because they weren't able to protect themselves. Cuba, Venezuela, like all these, all kinds of countries, people have not been able to protect themselves because they didn't have their own Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And that's what the point of it. And people say, this could never happen. Uh, the, the US government could never do that. They have protections. Yeah, the protection is the Second Amendment, and you're mm-hmm. trying to take it away. Right. You were you were sworn in as a congressman uh, to protect the Constitution, not just the entire Constitution, mm-hmm. not just the parts of the Constitution that you like or approve of. Yep. Let's talk about some examples real quick. They're saying small uh, guerrilla. You know, how are people with small arms going to be able to protect themselves from a government? Look at the when the U.S. invaded I, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Afghanistan war is still going on. It's the longest war we, the U.S. has ever been a part of, and it's going on because. Small militias there in Afghanistan practice guerrilla warfare with small weapons. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Guerrilla warfare in big cities with small weapons is actually really effective and it's hard. It's easy to protect yourself. And it's mm-hmm. hard. Even the most powerful military force in the history of the world, the United States of America military, is struggling with is that. Struggling with that. You tell, don't tell me that a small group of people with AR 15s cannot protect themselves for years and fight a tyrannical government for years because they can. Um, the whiskey rebellion happened years, uh, like hundred years ago. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Basically these people were like, they were getting taxed for the whiskey they were producing. They yeah. thought it was ridiculous. They weren't going to tax it. The government came in, there was a, a battle and they ultimately lost, but the president who was in charge at that time lost in real, his reelection. So you could say it was pretty, and then, uh, as soon as the next guy was put in office, they, they, um, repealed the mm-hmm. whiskey tax. Mm-hmm. I have several other ex- examples of this. I'm not going to get into it, but you you can't tell me that uh, the a tyrannical government isn't a, a you know realistic possibility, and that using small weapons, small arms, as, and, and small militias cannot protect themselves because they they can. So personally, I like to put myself in a situation where it's easier to make the right choice, and I think that's I think that's a great attitude to have towards the government, right? Even if you repealed it, right? That gives the temptation or the availability of an instance where the government could take advantage of its power more readily accessible, right? 
why would you give your government that option to turn into a tyranny, right? Mm. All it would take is a couple well-placed steps by somebody much smarter than we are, yeah. right? And they could make something like that happen. Or you make it very hard for that to happen and you allow people to have their weapons and defend themselves. I just don't like that option of making it easier for somebody. No. Right? Don't tempt somebody to try something like that. Let us keep our guns and defend ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to move on to another issue. Yeah. What's next? One of the most popular things, a, a very uh, big issue that's been talked about for ever since Donald Trump was elected was <laughs> the possibility of Donald Trump colluding with Russia to win the 2016 election. Sure. They, uh, All of the social media spies. They just released, the, the investigation just released their findings yesterday. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, so, our, our, our uh, DOJ has indicted 13 Russians and three Russian entities uh, for interfering in the 2016 election. Okay. A lot of this... Now, we're not saying they interfered with voting machines. That did not happen. Mm -hmm. How most of this happened was illegal use of social media okay. uh, to interfere with the election, to, to support the Trump campaign. Uh, and most of it was like ads. Uh, a lot of it was bots on like Twitter, mm -hmm. you know, spreading me positive messages about Donald Trump, okay. negative messages about Hillary Clinton. No, they also found in these, this finding no Americans were willing participants. No Americans, whether in the Trump campaign or not, knew about this or were involved. Mm -hmm. Let me remind you, this investigation is basically going on for 14 months now. Okay. Uh, so it's, it was pretty thorough. Um, it, you know, they wanted to, let's put it this way. They wanted to not necessarily make Donald Trump president. Uh, what they, so you have, you have to understand, at first they were pro-Bernie. Then they were pro-Trump. And mm -hmm. now, now they were, and after he got elected, they were anti-Trump. Who? Who? The, the Russian Russian people who are being used okay, to the Russian people the are doing these bot stuff. Okay, yeah. So they're not doing this necessarily to support Trump. They had pro-Trump rallies, and after he was elected, they had anti-Trump rallies. Okay. The whole point of this was not to elect the person they wanted because they thought the person they elected was going to work with them. The whole point was to undermine American, undermine and shake people's faith in American democracy and the American mm. political process and democratic process. Um, and they had a point. Yeah. And probably to make money because where the social opinion sways to is where most of the hits are. And I bet even if these are bots posting stuff, a lot of those pages had advertisements and I bet there was still a lot of money involved and a lot of money to be made by following those social fluxes. Oh yeah. And as an oligarchy, they always, they, look, they, to, or always look towards money. They care very it's much. It's going to say they, it's going to have a story. Oh yeah. Putin cares very much about money. The Russians obviously do, but they really wanted to undermine our political process. And, and, and they were pretty successful actually, because people have a lot of people, particularly people on the left have been very questioning about whether Donald Trump was legitimately elected or not. Mm -hmm, he obviously mm -hmm. was. Uh, they found that the inter interference that we're talking about that was done by just the Russians had no had no outcome had no no effect on the outcome of the election. So, so you're but a people were major, still right? what's the, what's the first way of winning an argument or what's an easy way of in, winning an argument? You debase the person's position of authority. That's fair. Right? You debase the person um, as a figure or, and, or their information. Exactly, right? and, that's and the first and, thing you do. And they were semi-effective at delegitimizing Trump's uh, presidency. And, and, I would and, say and, they were fairly effective. And his powerful, but yes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people on the left have for now months thought that his guy's not, he well, he cheated to get become president. He's mm -hmm. not legitimate. Mm -hmm. And uh, Well, he didn't help himself by posting rather uh, absurd Twitter posts all the time. He does say some things that are probably not <laughs> he doesn't really help ad advisable. Uh, 
but you know, I think all countries do this. We do this to Russia. We do this to other countries. Other countries do this to, other, uh, to mm-hmm. each other. They want to undermine each other's influence and power and legitimacy. And the, Ru- and the reason Russia did this, and it worked pretty well, dividing left and right, they wanted to divide us. They wanted our country to be divided because if we're a divided country, if we're not all on the same page, we're a, we're a weaker country. And mm-hmm. if we're a weaker country, it provides an opportunity for cu- Russia to move in to become the, most po- the biggest superpower in the mm-hmm. entire world. And ultimately, mm-hmm. that's what they want. Sure. So who that's doesn't, who doesn't want that. Exactly. And that was the whole point of this. They wanted to weaken our standing in the world mm-hmm. um, and our power in the world so they could spread their own influence. Yep. And um, I think it's really I think it, China has done that uh, a lot with producing oh, yeah. things. And and Russia is doing that a lot with it just seems to be presence mm-hmm. online. presence. And I think it's great now that we can kind of move on from the, the top, the talking point about whether uh, Donald Trump was illegitimately elected. I'm glad we can move on from that and kind of focus on, and, and it's really just distracted from issues that we really need to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we can kind of, uh, you know, work to move, move away, to from move that. on from that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I really want to talk about, I think we're running a little low on time at this point. <laughs> it's been a good conversation though. Oh yeah. Um, there's, I'm uh, legitimately concerned that we were on the verge of the next world war. Okay. There were Why do you think that? Things going on in Syria right now are very tense. They're very bad. Mm-hmm. There are, let's see, pe- countries right now fighting a war, fighting a battle, whatever you how you want to call it in mm. the country of Syria. Iran, Israel, Syria, Russia, Turkey, the United States. Mm-hmm. Six countries. If those six countries actually legitimately go to war with each other, that would be a third world war because other allies would be forced to join in and take mm-hmm. sides. It, yep. would, it would be really bad. So what happened recently was um, uh, Iran flew a drone into Israeli airspace. Yep. And uh, Israeli, the Israel shut it, sh- shot it down. So Israel, in response, flew a jet of their own into Syria airspace, which is Iran is working through Syria and Syria's um, military. Excuse me. They flew their plane into Syria, and that plane was shot down. So in response to that, Israel then just proceeded to go into Syria, and they destroyed half of Syria's entire air force mm-hmm. in, one, in, in an afternoon. This, it's escalating really quickly, and uh, there was recently there was an attack on a U.S. Cur- uh, US um, Kurdish base uh, in Syria, mm-hmm. and over 200 people were killed. And a hundred of them were Russians or hired by the Russians. Hmm. So essentially, America just killed a hundred Russian soldiers. So the Americans were the one who did, led this attack. No, no, no. It was the U.S. It was the American Kurdish base that was attacked by Russians, and they and they killed Russians. Right. The people who were attacking. Oh, were so the, the ones people who, attacking were the ones, the ones who, died. who died. Yes. Okay. And and they were they were. That sounds very Russian. And they were yeah to lose a hundred men in an attack. Yeah, and and then uh, Russia's claiming no responsibility. They're saying they're not involved, which is good because if they were saying these were actually Russian soldiers, that would basically be direct conflict. A decla- for a war. It would basically be declaration of war. Yep. So it's this is this is getting very intense very quickly, and I'm and I'm really concerned about it because no one's talking about this. Mm. This is a, a story no one is. You know, a lot of people listening might not even know that this was going on. Like, hmm. it's it's very serious, and it's something we really need to keep our eyes on. And uh, I think uh, it's, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say about it. So what do you think, 
what does Russia have to gain by taking Syria? Let's talk about why is the fighting in Syria taking place to begin with? That's a very complicated question. Yeah. Uh, the main point with Russia is, so a lot of these, so a lot of these countries that aren't Syria are using this. They're like um, using people who are Syrian or in the the Syrian country mm-hmm. as proxies. Mm-hmm. Russia is using the Syrian government to basically as as their own army. Yeah. But, but Syria is doing their bidding for them. Russia is doing this. We already we just, like we were just talking. They want what do they want to do? They want to spread their influence in the world. The more influence Russia has in the Middle East, the more powerful they are. So, so they are, want are they to doing that in Syria because Syria is it's a place the, that is easily taken advantage because it's of the most and unstable. Can be ma- manipulated. Yes, easily. because it's so unstable. Okay, and they, are, they so they're using Syria he's using, to manipulate the government in a yeah. pro-Russian way. Yes, so to spread their influence in in uh, in the, the middle in the Middle East. Yeah, okay. And, okay. and Russia is using the uh, Syrian president Bashar al-Assad, which the Middle East has a lot of reason to be anti-American already yeah. because of you can argue whether we helped over there or not. But yeah, so a lot of oh, conflict. yeah, there's a oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, they're the, Russia's using the the Syrian president Bashar al Assad to basically do their bidding for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to we'll have to get into Assad later. He is, I would say, and no one's talking about this because they don't want no one wants to deal with it politically because it's like you said, no one wants to take responsibility. No one wants to get into the Middle East really and really get into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just we basically just defeated ISIS, um, and now that they're defeated, it's causing this vacuum where all these other countries are now jumping in and trying to spread their influence. Mm-hmm. And I'm really worried this is going to escalate quickly, and um, something really bad could happen from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bashar al-Assad, I, he, we're going to have to talk, get into him later, but I legitimately think he is probably the most evil person to exist since Hitler. Hmm. Um, leg- actually... Uh, Gassing and his own people to death and uh, and burning their bodies. I mean, that's very Hitlerian, if you yeah. ask me. Yep. Um, so on that note, <laughs> very uh, you know, very uh, negative and but any but you know, is there anything else you'd like to talk about real quick before we uh, go? So we're not ending on such a morose. I don't think that's gonna end. I don't think that will be the third world war. Mm-hmm. Let's hope it doesn't escalate. Uh, if, if anything happens like that, I just, I have a very hard time believing that one, the United States won't have an answer, you know, as much as you like to criticize, as much as I like to criticize Trump, I do not think that anybody will allow a misstep so great where we extend ourselves so far as to be vulnerable to any kind of attack. You know, there's always the nuclear threat, which... If anything was going to happen, it has to be on a nuclear scale because you cannot invade America. And if you're not in the Americas doing something about us, we're going to be persistent, Mm -hmm. right? We have a very strong home base and we extend ourselves from there. And I think the only way that you could really do anything to the United States military is if we are overextending ourselves somewhere else. And even if even if you could somehow manage to get us get get us as a country to do that or get our military to do that, I don't think it's gonna matter. Yeah. I think I think it's funny that everybody assumes because we're having all of these social issues that America is weak. And I think it's the complete opposite. 
I think it takes a tremendous amount of strength to have introspection as a person and as a nation. And we have never had more of that going on than right now. It is a complete revamp and re-evolution of the American dream, the American society, and we're going to be stronger for it. I think we already are stronger for it. And if you challenge that, you're going to come up against something that you haven't seen. Mm. It's not going to be the United States you saw in World War One. It's not going to be the United States you saw in World War Two. It's going to be something completely different and way more awe-striking than anybody is ready for. And if you push us to the limit, it's going to be the same result as we've seen in the past. Hmm? If you give the United States a reason to unify while we're trying to figure ourselves out, we will unify. It's you're going down. And it's, I, I hope you don't do that. Mm -hmm. I hope nobody is tempted to do that because Mm -hmm. it's going to inevitably be their demise. Yeah. And yeah, well, I feel very strongly that, um, United States is stronger than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, and if you give us a reason to come together, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right, well, let's hope uh, we come together, but not to fight another world war. Um, so, I, I hope so, that's not why. Yeah, so uh, sorry for the... I apologize for the morosity at the end there and how, right. how dark things got, but uh, I think um, you know it still is the best time to live in this country. I think mm-hmm. things are still pretty good, despite some of the horrible things happening in the country and yep. in the world. Um, so... Any last things you want to say real quick? Any last final comments? What was the name of that coach again? Uh, the coach's name was Coach Aaron, I believe it's pronounced Feist. Aaron Feist? Aaron Feist, American hero. That man should be remembered forever. Absolutely. And, um, you know, actually real quickly, I just want to do a little, you know, it, it really is sad to, 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 the shooting really is a tragedy, and I just want to mm-hmm. kind of pay homage to everyone. Um I'm going to read the names of all the, the shooting victims, sure. if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alyssa, Alyssa Adolf, 14. Scott Beagle, 35. Martin Duque, 14. Nicholas Durrett, 17. Aaron Feist, 37. Jimmy Gutenberg, 14. Chris Hickson, 49. Luke Hoyer, 15. Kara Laran, 14. Gina Montalato, 14. Joaquin Oliver, 17. Elena Petty, 14. Meadow Pollock, 18. Helena Ramsey, 17. Alex uh, Shader, 14. Peter Wang, 15. And uh, Carmen Schertrup, 16. And, um, you know, we talked about how it's not a, you know, people are making fun of the saying, but seriously thoughts and prayers with those victims and the families. Uh, I can't imagine what they're going through. And, um, you know, we're, even though some, we were disagreeing on some of the ways to, to make this country a better place and how we can prevent things from like this from happening in the future, we are going to, uh, we are going to come up with some solutions, some common sense solutions that are actually going to help people. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, our, you know, our representatives come together and work together to, to make this country a better mm-hmm. place. We owe it to them and every other person who was a victim of mass shooting to, fu- to come together and have a resolution so that we can prevent this. Mm-hmm. So that their death was not just a death, but it was a good reason for us to reevaluate adjust and prevent this from happening in the future. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you let uh, the listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on my Instagram. It's trainer John K. You can find me um, on the, my website, 
um, actually an ECWID website called Clean Meals, spelled with a K. If you Google Clean Meals, you should be able to find that. And then my Facebook page is uh, Jonathan Kleinhans. All right. Um, so if you guys could <clears throat> follow me on Twitter at John Prof, J-O-N-P-R-O-F. Uh, friend me on Facebook. And um, let's see. Uh, we're going to be launching a couple more podcasts mm-hmm. uh, for, for our network uh, here pretty soon. And, and a Twitter account, right? Yeah, so a couple social media accounts. And we'll get yep. you that information when it's ready. And we're going to be launching... Uh, our news network website uh, in the next few weeks, hopefully getting that set up. Very excited um, about that. Yeah. So if you have any um, questions, comments, concerns, uh, please email us and we'll address it on the show, the mm-hmm. next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, please send any of your questions or comments to John Profit, J O N P R O F I T T, Axiom, A X I O M, at gmail.com. Anything you send to us, we'll uh, we'll take a look at that and we'll uh, address it on the next show. Uh, so for John Kleinhans, I'm John Prophet. Thank you for joining us. We'll Thanks, see you. Guys. We'll see you next week. And this is we've heard it both ways. Peace.